Thank you for listening to the program. In chapter 8 of the Gospel of John, there's an event here, the woman that they brought to him, taken in adultery, in the very act of it brought to him. And I wanted to to read that. He says, um, he went uh, to the Mount of Olives, and then early in the morning, he came again to the temple. And all the people came to him. This is early in the morning. He came to him, and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and Pharisees, right right as he was teaching, teaching the people, the Lord himself, they bring in uh, the scribes. I don't know how many there were, uh, a little group there. He, they bring in a woman taken in adultery, and when they had set her in the midst and stood her there, or I don't know, they weren't too careful, I don't imagine. they. I, I tried to imagine how did they know this woman? How did they know that was happening? And did they just go searching till they finally found this happening somewhere? I don't think so. I think they knew probably even who she was or or was something more to it than that to where they were able to to have extreme evidence here where they said we took her in the very act uh, of adultery so Moses and the law said um, she should be stoned but what do you say And they said this to him, tempting him, that they might have some reason to accuse him. But he stooped down on the ground, and he was actually sitting down, so he, the word means to fold over or bend over from the sitting position. He was sitting, teaching them. He sat down and taught them. They come in like a little authority group, and I guess they had that authority, but come right in there. Uh, you know, the Secret Service and all come right in there with the soldiers and everything and and, and shut him down in, in what he was saying to them, teaching the people. And they said, you know, this woman, what do you say to do? And he bent over and began writing on the ground. The reason I'm looking at this is I think it's maybe not so-called a miracle, but but it is in the same way over here. They said, how does he know what he knows? Over here in uh, chapter 7, where they marveled that he knew the doctrines of teachings of the law far better than they did. They, he could answer their questions. They could not answer his. He understood. He had an understanding that was beyond theirs, I think, even at 12 or 13 years old. And this had been going on now. They knew very well who he was. And they bring this woman in there like that to him. And think back when they were gathered around him as a child. Uh, and I think truly wondering how in the, how is this possible that this that he knows these things. And like Nicodemus said, we know you're from God. Now, some of them didn't believe that, but but that's when it began to be separated out. Like he told Mary, I have to be about my father's business. And that started that. And, and so I, I think it would be not likely that it wouldn't have continued, at least in the feast times when he was there in this 
Feast of Tabernacles here is a, a time when they are obviously there. They come in anyway, and he writes on the ground as though he heard them not. And they continued asking him. They acted like he wasn't writing it down on the ground because they had had, what I was trying to say was they had had a lot of experience with him in just the last couple of years here on trying to catch him somehow. And like with uh, should you pay taxes or not, they wanted to get him on uh, saying he was king, not Caesar, and that, you know, uh, anything like that. And he said, well, uh, let me see a coin. And they would learn as, oh, no, here, here we're going to be set up now. And something's going on. So they, I think, uh, the way I would look at that, they come in there, they know full well what he, he they were hoping they could catch something out of <clears throat> that he would say wrong. But they, every time without fail, and, and then before very long here, they said, there's no more of that. There's no need to do the questioning and tricks and try to catch. It's not going to work. We're going to have to kill him. And it was after Lazarus, too, was raised, which was the ultimate raising of the dead beyond corruption. The fourth day, even the little girl and the widow's son, that, that was not the case. They didn't wait. Uh, but he raised him out of the great. And then after that, uh, of course, they were at the point of, of they thought, like Caiaphas, unknowingly prophesied that he'd be given for the people. And it was that one man would die rather than the whole nation. He had no idea what he was saying. But here, they come in and started saying, you know, what do you say? What do you say? Moses said, stone her to death. We need an answer right now. Caught her in the very act. Uh, there's no need for delay. What do you say to do? And so he, as though he didn't hear them, he wrote on the ground, started writing on the ground. And then they continued to ask him as though they didn't see that. And, and then he sat back up straight and said, The one of you that is without sin cast the first stone. And he bent over again and wrote on the ground. And when they heard and saw, I think, obviously what he wrote, they were convicted by their own conscience and went out one by one, beginning at the oldest, uh, eldest, even to the last to be the youngest. I believe, and I'm sure you've heard preachers talk about it, I, and I don't think it's a, too much supposition, actually, is that, see, without sin, no one was that without sin. And Moses, the law, uh, stoning for adultery was certainly the law. But he didn't say those it has to be someone without sin. I believe, actually, because this would not have been maybe so much big of a group of men, just a handful of that represented. And look at their attitude, wanting to kill him and, and take him. Like he said, you won't even uh, exercise righteous judgment. You're always out to, to uh, get me. And he knew that, and he knew uh, full well what they were doing. But here, they won't look until I think he 
If you imagine all the people sitting around him or around there sitting down or standing or listening to it, it would it's hard to read what somebody's writing on the ground if, if it's upside down to you or even from the side. So I, I think it was something there that was kind of personal, and they acted like he wasn't even doing that. And he said he that's without sin, I think he meant the sin of adultery, basically. I, I'm not positive of that. There's no way to know. But that's what every preacher I've ever heard talk about this. Like the seven thunders, it's a mystery what they said in Revelation. But it's pretty safe to say it was about judgment. And here it doesn't say what he wrote, but it's kind of safe to say it's about their sin because they were convicted by their own conscience one by one and went out. And men in times past or present or future or whatever, there's no, to be candid about it, sexual uh, sin uh, has, I don't know, it's right up there, if not surpassing all other kind of type things that happen that cause all kind of untold problems in the human race from the beginning until, I guess, the, till it, the last day. But here... He, it's it's not without sin. That would be that's not even common sense. I think he means. So in just to 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 move on here, I think he wrote down a woman's name and the town, and then stood up and said he is without sin. Then he uh, or stood up, but he he sat up and then bent back over and wrote on the ground. So then they looked finally. And they were looking over his shoulder, and the oldest one being in authority, well, let me, like the president, move it out of the way, let me see what he's writing. Well, he was the one the Lord was writing it to, and he knew the name and the time, and nobody else would have known what those were. Who is that? He would have known. And there, again, like I'm saying, he would have said, he knows that about me. And like this over here, how does he know about theology more than we do? And then like he showed them many times, I know what you're thinking. And here they would say, well, once again, I've, we're, we're finished because he knows this about me. How does he know this about me? And he says over here, you know who I am. You know from where I've come, but you won't believe in me. You don't want to and because you're not mine it, it was the reason but anyway here he i believe does that with each one of them on purpose and the next one that looked it was personal and that even compounded the how and does he do how in the world does he do this and he was god that's the disciple to say you know we we know that day by day we see these things every day and they all acted amazed and the rulers and but then again they were putting on and act as it were but they went out one to one uh one by one and then the lord this is humorous to me he then lifted himself up and from writing and said looked around and asked the woman where are those men where are the men that were accusing you and condemning you uh, has no man condemned you? And she said, no, no man has. And he said, neither do I condemn you. To me, that implies forgiveness. If not, then you would be condemned. But he forgave her. I believe, just in my own heart, that that's why he says, I am the light of the world. He that follows me won't walk. So she doesn't say whether she believed or not, but I would think that she did, and 
then he said, I don't condemn you. At least she was forgiven. And uh, her accusers weren't there. And he did there again. It's like looking at the coin. When he started writing on the ground, I think in their hearts, oh, no. And let's just ignore that. Keep talking. <laughs> and they couldn't. And finally, all the people would be, you know, they'd have to look and see what everybody's wondering. What's he writing? And they looked, and one by one, they saw, I think, what convicted them of not, if not adultery, in the past, like I'm saying, every man in one way or another, and these men didn't have the purest of hearts. Look what they were doing, trying to kill them. You know, they they were evil. And so, uh, and like he told them, yeah, you maybe you don't do it, actually, but you in your heart you would if you could, and you know it, if you wouldn't get caught and probably have. And so I think it would be basically that, or a sin that certainly would be worthy of being stoned to death. So I don't know that that wasn't in the law of Moses, but it would be kind of like, it'd be nice if you're going to stone a person to death for murder that you haven't committed murder uh, not without sin everybody has sin but it'd be kind of nice if you're going to stone that woman to death for adultery if you haven't committed adultery so he could have wrote down not to be covetousness or steal or lie but there again adultery is a, a really really serious uh, sin because of it it's about love and it's about trust and and, and it and it really destroys so much when that happens uh, but between two people that that is their trust uh, not just in the physical aspect but in the heart if you loved them you wouldn't no matter the temptation and if you would though without I don't know it's a complicated thing uh, people make it to be it may not be so much so but uh, so then the humor is where are those men and all the people, hundreds, if not, I don't know how many around, there'd be inside the courtyard there or something there. It'd be hundreds, if not thousands of people. That doesn't take that much room to have a thousand people. But but everyone heard and saw what happened. And those men had to walk out and leave her thrown down at his feet there on the ground. And he says to her, after he finished writing, and the last youngest one, yeah, I've got a, I've got somewhere I have to go to. And they knew that nobody knew exactly what they knew, but they were convicted and they left. They didn't want that made public. <laughs> and so they got out before it could even happen. And he looked, he, where are your, I don't condemn you. I forgive you. Go and sin no more. And that's uh, humorous to me. I'm not sure. I think I have a little more time here. I, uh, over here, he's... The humor he has, though, is so, to me, I think people would have smiled when he looked up and he said, oh, I was busy writing. Where did they all go? I thought they would still be here. Where did they all go? Your, your accusers, those that condemned you, where are they? And, I, you know, it. I don't know about being humorous, but it would certainly be like telling them you have a beam in your eye. Be sure and get that out before you try to get the little speck of dirt out of somebody else's eye. And that's kind of humorous. But over here, I don't know, I forget about the humor. But over here, they say to him, and he says the same way he answers them uh, in the way he did like with the coin. Let me see a coin. And that's Caesar's picture that belongs to him. Give it to him and give to God what belongs to him. But over here, just a real quick 
uh, I didn't want to miss it. Circumcision to the Jews was a symbolic rite given to Abraham, a covenant that it made them part of the Jew, and it was a requirement, circumcision. But basically, that's putting away the flesh of, uh, you know, in, in a symbolic way. And Paul talked about in Romans the circumcision of the heart. And in Colossians, he says it's made without hands. And it simply put means the circumcision of the heart is when he takes out the old spirit and puts in the new, the, his spirit, the living Christ lives in you and takes out the old. The I will take out the old heart of stone and put in you uh, my heart, a new heart. And give you, and that's what circumcision was actually symbolic of was the promise of the Spirit that would come someday and do that. And he said, that, they said to him, "Well, you're breaking the law on the Sabbath day because you're a healer, and and nobody can deny that. Uh, but you're doing your work on the Sabbath day, so that's no good. You're breaking the Sabbath day, you should die." And then he said, "My father and I are one." And they said, "Well, that's way too much. Then you're not only break Sabbath day, but you say you're one with God, and your father and you are one. Then you make yourself God. That's blasphemy." But about the Sabbath day and circumcising a person, he said to them, you know, uh, the law of Moses is that you circumcise a man even on the Sabbath day. And circumcision meant as a token until Messiah came. And when Messiah comes, he'll put his spirit into you. Then you'll be able to keep his commandments. That was the prophecy. That's the prophet said that. And so on the Sabbath day, you perform circumcision, which means a lot and it and it's in a well way of wishing and making the man in part of the Jewish uh, tree and but then if man on the Sabbath day you do that so the law of Moses isn't broken you you perform surgery on the Sabbath but then you're angry at me because I've made a man who referred to the man that is able to walk there at the pool I've made him well. Uh, to where he can walk on the Sabbath day so you take the same man for the. For the uh, thing of example, the just make it to where that morning they uh, circumcised that man. Then fast forward however many years, and he's at the pool there. And then on the Sabbath day, the Lord said, "You circumcised him. Uh, you did a work there on your your healing. You know, bringing about that's really powerful. And all I do is just go ahead and make him where he can walk." And you want to kill me. Judge not according to appearance, but judge righteous judgment. That's what happened with this woman over here. And he forgave her. And, and it's really maybe not so humorous, but, but just a scene of that woman down there in front of those hundreds of people thrown down there. And those men walk out one by one, looking around wild-eyed. You know they, had, they didn't want to, but he... <laughs> It says that one place, the one man they put down on the front row had a withered hand they wanted to see on the Sabbath day there again if he would heal him. And he saw the man down there. He knew what they were doing. And he said, sir, would you stand up and stretch out your hand? And he did. And there wasn't anything wrong with it. It was healed right then and there. See, and that it said they went mad. They were insane and went out to begin to plot. And here again, they say day by day how we're going to kill him now. How can we do that? So, I don't know. It's just something to look at him and the person that he was and 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 then try to say, wow, you know, I, well, I wish I'd have been there and seen that and been with him. Every he lives inside of you. If you're a believer, and I would assume people listening are, 
He lives in you. I don't mean in a token way. I mean the Spirit of Christ is in you and in me. Now, that's something to consider and think about. And I think that that's what he made everyone do one way or another, through humor or not, or miracles or not, or what. But he did things and said things that caused people to either love him and believe him and follow him, or deny him and curse him and run away and want to kill him. You talk about a divisive uh, person. <laughs> like he said, I I didn't come to, to finish everything out like you want me to do and everything. Really what's going to happen is uh, I'm going to divide the mother and the daughter. I'm going to divide the father and son. I'm going to divide people because one will believe. He, even his brothers over here. He said, why don't you go up to the feast, this very feast? What are you afraid of? You want, why don't you? And he said the Jews were out to kill him, and everyone knew it. And why don't you go? What are you afraid of? And show yourself openly then, because neither, because neither did his own brothers believe in him. What had they seen and heard? For how long? <laughs> See, uh, it's by faith that he gives you, and there's no... Uh, question about that but but here I would imagine the woman became I don't know I guess that's not the point but there were women like Mary Magdalene he cast out uh, and had several women that that he had healed and 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 they were not of they were of the lower class and uh, but that's what he said to, to the fine upstanding Pharisees these women will go in to the kingdom before you <laughs> because you don't even know how dead you are. They come to me and live because they know me. And no, they weren't born again. But like he told them, the day is coming now, is And it was just almost a matter of days now until that he would do what it took, and that's to be made sin. And you talk about circumcision and being taken. His whole spirit was made sin, and he was cut off from God, spirit, soul, and body, I believe. But that he is God, and he said, I will raise myself back up. And the Father and him both reached, I think, and, and he came back. That's all there is to it, and he never doubted that, and there was no doubt about it. How could there be? I mean, how could there have ever been all that he had ever done on uh, uh, before? All that would have had to have been undone. He had to go to paradise. Well, sorry about that. Everybody that believed him, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, sorry about that. Uh, he sinned, so it's all, no, There's. it's just, it's not even, if he could have, he would have, and if he could have, he still could. He can't. So that's why we'll be purified and be part of him. That's the answer to why we won't sin in heaven. That's why. Because we'll be him. And we'll be love. And we'll be right. And so much more than we know now. And it's something to look forward to. Judgment, yeah. Paul said, you know, every one of us have to stand before him and give an account. Uh, an accounting. What happened here? What happened there? And what was this? What was that? Good, bad, not or what? I don't know. We have to be purified. And the gold, he says, that's in us will come through. And he said, come unto me and buy gold and white clothing because I've been tried in the fire. And he was, and he came through 100%. 
So it can be done. You can be right with him in your heart of love and have joy and peace because you're not being condemning or critical or judgmental of other people. Now, I lived a long time as a believer that way, thinking, I I couldn't do it. It can't be done. But as usual, like a friend of mine said, I was wrong. I usually am. But he's not. He's, he's, He's not wrong. And whatever he said is extremely right and powerful. I am the light of mankind. Thank you for listening to the program.